Friends, we have the opportunity today to look at Romans 8. Romans 8. Kind of interrupting the Sunday school stories, but a classic text nonetheless. This is page 1609 in the Pew Bibles. If you want to follow along, Romans 8, we'll read the first eight verses. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. This is the word of the Lord. A friend of mine pulled into her driveway and looked at the garden that lines it, and this is the thought that came to her. You could have brought flowers to more people this year. That was the thought, not, what a great garden, what a beautiful day, isn't summer awesome? No. The thought was, you need to do more. You are not enough. Do you have those thoughts? Do you know that voice? That's the voice when you're in the grocery store and you see a mom pushing a cart with kids who are quietly reading in the cart. And she's shopping undisturbed. And your own kids are asking again and again if they can have more Captain Crunch. Please, can we have the Captain Crunch? And you are wrestling with your children and you're looking at this mother and you're thinking, I'm a horrible mother. My kids would never do that. If you're a single person and you see the newly engaged couple post their picture on Instagram, this is the voice that says to you, you will always be alone. No one will ever love you. This is the voice that says, why did you say that? They're all going to think you're stupid now because you said that. This is the voice that says you will never be free of this addiction to alcohol or gambling or pornography, you are stuck. This is the voice that can even say, this world would be better off without you. It's the voice of condemnation. And we all know it. We know it intimately. And the apostle Paul knew it too. In fact, in the section of Scripture right before this part we read from Romans 8, Paul says this. He's like, all the good stuff I want to do, I don't do it. The bad stuff I don't want to do, I'm really good at doing that. And he finishes by saying, what a wretched man I am. Who's going to save me from this body of death? That's the voice of condemnation. What a wretched man I 
am, and Paul knew this intimately. How many times didn't the voice of condemnation remind him that he stood by when Stephen was stoned? How many times didn't the voice replay the screams of the people that he had dragged off to prison? How many times hadn't that voice said, if you had only done things differently in that conversation with Barnabas, you could have all traveled together? Paul knew the voice of condemnation. What a wretched man I am. But he doesn't stop there. What a wretched man I am, he says. Who's going to save me from this body of death? And that's not the end of the letter, like, love Paul. He goes on, he says, thanks be to God for Jesus Christ. Then he says this, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So it's this really quick turn. It's like, I do, I do, do the things I want to do, I do the things I want to do. I, what a wretched man I am. Oh, but Jesus. It seems really fast. Until we remember that this reflects what actually happened in Paul's life. Some of you, many of you, may know the story of Paul's conversion. He's on his way from Jerusalem to Damascus, a long road trip, because he wants to go to Damascus and find Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem and punish them. Paul was anti-Jesus. He was anti-Christian. He was out to get them. And he's on the road. He's on the path. But then there's a bright light. There's a loud voice. And the voice says, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you? And the voice says, I'm Jesus. And then Paul can't see. For three days, he can't see. Somehow he and his companions make it to Damascus. He just sits there, not being able to see, trying to think about what just happened to me. What just happened to me? And something comes to him in the three days of darkness, and it's this. If the resurrection of Jesus Christ is true, it changes everything, including me. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is true. It changes everything, including me. And so when God sends Ananias to Paul to lay his hands on him and pray for him so he can get his sight back, the first thing he does is get baptized. He's like, I'm all in. I get this. And then he has a snack because he hasn't eaten in three days. And then he goes to the synagogue. And he doesn't sit in the back of the synagogue wearing a baseball hat and sunglasses. Paul goes to the synagogue and he says, have you guys heard about Jesus? Do you know about Jesus? Do you know the story? Let me tell you about Jesus. And everybody at the synagogue is like giving him the side eye like, wait, wait a minute. Isn't this, I think this is the guy that was dragging people off or talking about Jesus. He says, I know, I know, I know, I know. I have bad stuff in my past. But Jesus... I know I have bad things in my past. I know I have made mistakes. I know. But you know what? Those things are condemned, and I'm not. 
Paul could have been stuck in Damascus and stuck in shame and guilt and just curled up in the little fetal position for three days feeling like an idiot and then just made a little tent-making ministry in Damascus and kept his head down for the rest of his life, just trapped in shame and guilt and embarrassment. But Jesus... Jesus set him free from the law of sin and death, set him free from the law of the flesh that said, you need to think about what you have done. And instead, Jesus said, you get to think about what I have done. You get to think about the fact that you are set free from that past and you are given the gift of new life. You're given the gift to go out and tell other people that they can be free too. At Calvin University, where I work, at least once a year, we have a panel where we have students who sit up front, and they talk about how they have moved from being addicted to pornography to no longer being addicted to pornography. They sit right up front. Everybody knows their names. Their friends are there. And if there was a reason for someone to be shamed, embarrassed, and sit in the back and be like, I'm not talking about this, it would maybe probably be 19-year-olds addicted to pornography at a Christian college. But they're like, no, 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 no. We want you to know about this because Jesus. We want you to understand that we have bad stuff in our past, and that is condemned, and we are not. We want you to know what Christ has done in our lives so that he can do those things in your life, too. That's what no condemnation looks like. It looks like the ability to say, yeah, I made that mistake. That was, that was bad. Yes, I was trapped in this kind of behavior. I was shopping way too much. I was drinking way too much. I was yelling at my kids. I, yes, but now, because of Jesus, I get a fresh start. A fresh start. And instead of listening to the voice of condemnation, we now get to listen to the voice of Jesus. You may remember the story that's told in the Gospel of John chapter 8. There's this woman. She's been caught in adultery. Now, there was also a man caught in adultery. Whatever happened to him, we don't know. Different sermon. But there's a woman who's caught in adultery, and she's dragged before Jesus, and the people around him say, all right, now, you know what the law says. The law says she deserves to be stoned. Judge her. Condemn her. And Jesus says, oh, um, you know what? I'm just going to step back, and um, whoever one of you, um, if you're without sin, you get first dibs. If, If you're without sin, you get to throw the first stone. I'll just be hanging out over here writing in the dirt. Everyone leaves. And Jesus is there with that woman. And he says to her, is there no one left to condemn you? And she says, no. And this is the voice of Jesus. He says, then neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That's the voice of Jesus. That's the voice of Jesus. Neither do I condemn you. 
Go and sin no more. You're not condemned. Go have a fresh start. You can do it. We're in this together. You and me, we can do hard things. So when you pull in your driveway and you see the beautiful flowers and the voice of condemnation is like, you should have brought flowers to more people, Jesus is like, hold on. You brought flowers to several people. They were very happy about it. We're going to call that a win. We're just going to claim the win. Way to go. When you have the moment with the mom in the grocery store and it seems like her kids are way more well-behaved and you're, I'm such a horrible mother. Hold on, time out. She's having like a miracle moment right there. (laughs) All right? Let's just name it. Let's just bless her and say, she's having a good day. Blessings and peace, you know? Good on her. And someday you're going to have a good day because that's the way it goes. Or a good moment. Let's just claim the good moments as a mom. Right? Just bless the people. Don't... Jesus says, yeah, you're a good mom. Are your children fed? Are they safe? Are they learning about me? Good. Good. Everything else, gravy. Jesus comes to us when we're beating ourselves up, and he says, hang on, time out. I would never talk to you like that. Why do you talk to you like that? You are precious to me. You are loved, and your past doesn't matter. Your present and your future matter because they are with me and we're in this together and I love you. That's the voice of Jesus. And as a communion of faith, we get to be that voice of Jesus for each other. How often don't we hear a spouse or a child, a grandchild, a friend beating themselves up for something? I should have done this. I can't believe I backed the car. I can't. That's our moment to say, time out. That sounds like the voice of condemnation. Let me talk to you as Jesus would talk to you and say, yeah, you made a mistake. Fresh start. Go and sin no more. You're not condemned. Let's stop that. What would Jesus say to you if he were here right now? How would he speak to you? Would he tell you that he loves you? and that you're enough, and that you're precious, then let's say that to each other. That is the value of knowing that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that we get to live that for each other, that we get to stand up here up front and say things like, yeah, this is the mistake I made this week. Well, you know, no condemnation, starting again. If you've ever been to an AA meeting, if you've ever been to a narcotics meeting, any kind of, that's what they do. They say, hi, I'm Drew, I'm Stefan, I'm an alcoholic. And guess what? I've been sober for this long. This is what God's up to in my life. I made mistakes in the past. In fact, my husband, with his permission, I tell you, many of you know that he's in AA. He says, one of the funny things that will happen at an AA meeting is that someone who's new will be, like, really in in shame. And be like, oh, you guys, you're never going to believe what I've done. And they say, oh, try us. (laughs) Try us. And then the person starts to tell the story, and they say, oh, (laughs) we did that. (laughs) We know that. We know that. You're welcome here. This is it. This is where we do it. An AA meeting And a church worship service have to be places where we can say, this is not where we listen to the voice of condemnation. This is where we listen to the voice of Jesus. 
This is where we speak up on behalf of the Holy Spirit and say the voice of condemnation has no place here because it has been conquered in the cross of Jesus Christ. This is the place where we say that even though Jim's last hours were horrible and painful, the way in which he died does not negate the way in which Christ died to save him. He is in Christ, and he is not condemned. The voice that he hears now is the voice of Jesus speaking clearly to him that he is precious and valued and loved and forgiven. That's the voice of Jesus. My friends, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus Blessed be his holy name. Amen. Amen. Will you pray with me? Our God, we pray against the lies of the enemy. We pray against the voice of condemnation. We pray that we can laugh at it, that we can see it for what it is, a weak attempt to manipulate us and move us away from you. Instead, Holy Spirit, we plead with you to speak loudly to us. Give us words of comfort and hope, words of a fresh start. Remind us that you do not condemn us and we are invited to go and sin no more. Set us free from a past we cannot change and open us to a future in which we can be changed. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.